0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon, and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. ...under but yield yourselves unto God. ...ever bring our topic of witnessing to people and soul winning to a conclusion, uh, Man, I felt like I got really loud all of a sudden. Is it just me? That's all right. I need to be loud. Uh, somebody says, I don't know about that. But sometimes I appreciate the, the deals up here, the monitors, and sometimes I hear myself through those and it's not exactly what, the way you're hearing it. But, uh, but I'm going to look in Romans 13 and Acts 4. But so as far as on the, the lesson that we've been talking about, about witnessing, I want to try to talk a little bit. Uh, about something that i 'm very familiar with, and that is uh, the United States legal system um, so i 'm kidding there, believe it or not, I do not have a law degree that may uh, come as a surprise to you, but I really do just want to I feel like there's a disconnect many times i i don 't just feel that way there is a disconnect many times and and many times Christians feel uh, conflicted they 're not sure what to do and you come to church, and at church, you're encouraged, hey, be a witness, tell people about Christ, love people, share the gospel with people, invite people to church, and, and, and we can get all of that, and we can think of times and areas that we do that, but a lot of times, we've bought and, and believed that we walk in the doors of, uh, for our uh, purposes here this morning with this particular class, we walk into work, and all of a sudden, well, okay, we've we got to leave that at the door. We've got to leave that at the door now because we're at work and we're not allowed to talk about these things at work, and, and, and kids believe those things about school, and there's a lot of misunderstanding about it, and I'm going to clear every bit of that up today. I'm really not, but I do just want to at least get into your heart and minds today um, that uh, under the, under, not, on, not only under the United States Constitution, but there's also been laws, Supreme Court cases, and I'm not, I'm not going to cite all those, uh, throughout the years, uh, that protect you as a Christian in the workplace, uh, and I just, I just want at least, if I can just get at least that on your radar. And whether I'm able to explain it the way I would like to explain it this morning or not, uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm already uh, uh, not real confident. I'm trying to put those little precursors out there, but, 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 but at least to get it on your radar that you do have rights uh, in the workplace. Uh, children do have rights. In school, and it was funny because I, uh, Ralph, I pray pray for Ralph this morning. He is uh, heading down and uh, going to be spending some time with his son this morning. And I'm I'm, I'm live, so I'll just say that. But just be in prayer for uh, God to work. Uh, there they're supposed to be meeting uh, down in Omaha and going to church down there but just pray for the Lord to work there uh, in uh, in their hearts but uh, but I, I texted Ralph this morning because we've had some of these discussions and uh, and I said oh so said by the way since you're not going to be here I said just so you know I said I am going to be I told him what I was going to be attempting to teach this morning and then he sent me a quote by Adrian Rogers that said if you teach people their rights if you teach people their rights you'll have a revolution but if you teach people their responsibilities, you'll have revival. And so I just texted back and said, well, I guess we're going for revolution this morning. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, think that's a, I think that is a great quote. Uh, but I, at the same time, I think it's important to know. But first of all, let's look at a couple of these principles here um, that we deal with from the scripture in beginning in Romans chapter number 13. And this is a familiar text and, and, and a difficult text. It really is in, in some ways. Romans chapter number 13 and I just want to read the first seven verses of Romans 13 where the Bible says very practical verses here let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of God the powers that be are ordained of God you can just see right in that right that first verse there's just you can just see question marks popping up if you take time to think about what's being said there uh, not all of which are easily answered, I might add. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's a challenging passage. But notice verse number two. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same." For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he that beareth the sword, beareth not, or he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Uh, and as you could see, we could, man, get into discussion on these verses. Uh, be really interesting uh, because. You know he's talking here about the the powers that have been put in place number one, he says these powers that have been put in place have been put in power by God. well that's enough right there to get you scratching your head a little bit isn't it uh the powers the authorities the people that are in office um, are put there uh by god and and I'm not going to get into all of that today, but uh we we see that repeated throughout the scripture and even uh even the ungodly and it's not it's it's not in the sense that uh in, 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 in every sense anyway, that God overrides the will of man to put a ruler in office. There are ways that God works in the nation. I mean, but even, even with like Nebuchadnezzar and some of these, you can read through the Old Testament and see these examples to where God said, okay, I'm raised, <laughs> repeatedly, he called Nebuchadnezzar his servant. I'm raising up Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. And that was before he had his moment of repentance in the book of Daniel. He said, I'm raising him up and what, what was his servant going, what was he going to use his servant, uh, Nebuchadnezzar to do? Yeah, pretty much, just to to judge Israel, Um, and, you know, I I think about, and and the way God works in many cases, um, ordaining, setting up rulers, it really goes to the uh, later, the the message later about the providence of God that we can't all understand, but, and so that's a head-scratcher that that would be worth further discussion uh, that we're not going to get into necessarily today. Another questionable thing here is when it talks about, hey, the powers that have been put in place, the law, it's been put there for good, not for evil. Uh, it's been put there for good, not for evil. So if you do good, you'll be rewarded, but if you do evil, you'll be punished. Well, we know that's not always the case, is it? And it's not a contradiction to the scripture, it's just a clarification of the scriptures. That is the purpose for law, but if you think about it, when the, the, the thing that blows my mind is this was not written when George Washington was president. You know, then I might be able to understand a little bit more. This this was written when Nero, an absolute madman, was the emperor of Rome, and that 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 if you were not a Roman citizen, you had no rights whatsoever under the law or protection under the law, in which most people therefore didn't. Uh, but that's when these words were written. But you just go down through here, and it goes through uh, verse five. Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for uh, conscience' sake. It, it talks in the verse number four about uh, them carrying the sword not in vain, and that's where we see law enforcement uh, being in, in this sense. He calls them the servants or the ministers of righteousness, the servants of God. Uh, I had a, a, there, there's a friend of mine that his dad uh, just it, just he it always struck him so funny. But if his dad ever got pulled over by the police, you know, if, if, he were, if he were doing something illegal, got pulled over, when a policeman would come up to the window, he would say, God bless you, you servant of righteousness, or something to that, and he wasn't being sarcastic, he just, but he was quoting these verses, but he bears not the sword in vain. Now, we, as we look before these passages in the Bible and after these passages in the Bible, which we're going to do in just a minute, we know well or or do we know but what but, but we do know because let 's go over to Acts chapter number four because I want to look at these these two contrasting passages and remember there's never any there's one of the great things about the Bible is there's no contradictions in the bible there's clarification needed in the bible it 's easy for us to read and have a uh, a, a presumptive uh discrepancy or uh you know something to, to that nature where the bible doesn't agree but it's not so because if you study and find context and uh overall context direct context you find out that the Bible is always in unison i'll guarantee you one thing as often and as much as people have tried wanted to prove discrepancies in the bible if they were able to be proved they would have been proved by now i promise you that much but It's it's not discrepancies, it's just getting an understanding of the broader context. Acts chapter 4, verse 15. Acts 4, 15. The Bible says, But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But, that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which God which we have seen and heard. And we see this repeated not only throughout the New Testament, we see it throughout the Old Testament as well. So that what that tells us is the passage within Romans in 13, we're not going to address all the questions in there today, but the main question I'm trying to address in this context is this. When it comes to the law, but again I'm trying to bring this back down for our purposes, to... Uh, the, the, the authorities, whether it be political authorities or even whether it just be on our jobs, um, we are to follow the rules. We are to follow the laws unless they contradict God's laws, God's rules. Um, and, and that's pretty clear, you know. So if you, don't, you don't follow Romans 13 and say, see, we shouldn't preach in Jesus' name because God's put these Roman or these uh, you know even those priests God's put those Jewish leaders in this context into authority so therefore we need to obey them they said not to preach in Jesus name we're not going to preach in Jesus name but that's not what they did and you and you see throughout the bible there's that spirit and and by the way thank God it's that same spirit on which our country was founded that we are created we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable inalienable rights which means Rights that aren't given by man, therefore they can't be... If if we were given rights by God, they can't be taken away by man. I mean, they try to, but it's still our right, whether we get to exercise it or not. But the great thing is, is our country was founded on some of these things. Therefore, in our country, we have some legal rights right within the workplace. Um, and in our country, whatever the case may be, when we're told not to... Um, you know, not to share the gospel, not to preach, not to uh, share the good news. Then we don't have to listen to that. And and I'll say a second that I that I believe are wise to follow. There will always be opposition to spreading the gospel. There's a lot of people in our society that want to keep that want people to keep their convictions to themselves and leave their religion at home. And way too often. Way too many Christians are okay just going along with that. Okay, fine. I'll leave my religion at home, but there's, there's something about it, though. Uh, if you're saved by the grace of God, we're not talking about leaving our, leave your religion at home if you want to. But if you're saved, you can't leave Jesus at home, right? I mean, you can't leave your relationship at home with the Lord, therefore, He comes with us wherever we go. The great thing is, is that, that as of now, and, and here's the thing, just like we're teaching in this, we know there's people that have been trying to challenge and fight these laws for years, uh, and that, that, that there's constant challenges to our rights as Christians. Um, and, and we know that, I mean, it, you know, it's been proved even under the, you know, uh, not the previous administration, but the, the one before that, man, that there was actually, uh, they, the IRS and everyone's were actually targeting uh, churches and pastors, and especially if they were ones that would actually speak out on current events uh, within the church, they, would, they were uh, targeting many of these churches. And so we know there's people that are fighting these rights. As for now, though, we do, you do have legal rights with on your job, protected by uh, the the, the law of the United States, protected by the Constitution, upheld in the Supreme Court time and time again. So don't believe that you don't. Uh, Now, if, dare I say, when the day comes to where that's no longer the case uh well that's a whole nother matter entirely because we know when it comes down to it we're going to still stand for what we believe in the good news is we don't we live in a country to where in there's in these ways we don't have to be a martyr in our country i guess that's the point that i'm trying to get to uh we don't have to get fired uh necessarily in order to express our to have religious expression or express our belief and faith in christ all right so uh, federal and state laws protect the religious freedoms of employees and, and employers. And, and today I'm focusing mostly on employees, but this holds true if you're an employer as well, which I won't be addressing that as much, um, but it's, it's the same principle. Um, employers can run their business in conformance with godly principles, and employees cannot be forced to act in a, uh employee's... Let me see, where was I here? Employees may not be forced to participate in anything that's against their faith. Um, so what I'm going to try to look at, is just some legal principles this morning, and I'm not promising it's going to be exciting, but I'm hoping it'll be helpful. Um, uh, and what I want to try to look at is just uh, to start off with is a little bit about our rights. If we, if we have sincerely committed our lives to God, how can we leave God out of the place that where if you if you work a public job where you spend so many of your waking hours, how can we leave God out of the marketplace? How can we leave God out of this? Uh, and I think the answer to that question is just simply that we cannot. Okay, so our the, the, our religious rights are protected. And not only the Constitution, which we here cited, but also there's actually another law on the books that's called Title Seven. Title Seven, and as a Christian, it's good for you to be familiar with a little bit about Title Seven. Uh, that's a federal law that protects us, and by the way, not a, that's a federal law that protects every American in every state. But then states, each state has a similar law like Title Seven. Some uh, may not be as um, uh, as open or as um, uh, liberating, and then some may be even more so and give you more rights. But there's a federal law that protects Christians. Uh, and here's here's how an, an employee must uh, is protected. We're protected by this law if, and I'm going to give these, number one, if a person holds, and this is Title Seven, if a person holds, that conflicts with an employment requirement. So it's a sincere, I'm emphasizing sincere because that's under the law, that's what they look for. When these cases go to court, that's the terminology. Are these people sincere? Uh, and I'll just say this lest I forget uh, later on, but in almost every case to where people have gone to court under a, 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 a citing Title VII uh the, the, the cases that have been lost almost entirely, they have been, almost every case that's been lost in a Title VII suit has been because the people, because uh, one thing is it's a sincere faith and that it doesn't disrupt, disrupt the workplace. Uh, in other words, when a person just has to be a big loudmouth jerk about it all the time, and is mean and ornery and not getting their work done because they're so busy uh, fighting and going on. Well, all of a sudden, that crosses into mid-disruptive. And it just goes to say that we can stand for the faith and still do our jobs. Or it would go to cases to where uh, the people were saying it was, I remember, I remember distinctly a fellow uh, that I worked with years ago, and uh, he, he went to my church, and there was a number of us from my church that worked in this particular uh, mill, this particular plant, and uh, and and we, did, I, I've shared with that with you before. Uh, we they, they tried to get us to quit, you know, sharing tracks and talking about Christ and some of those things, and and I simply went to HR. Actually called me in because they thought that I was the more reasonable of them, and I may be, um, but uh, but I, but then I just said there, you know, hey, if if people. You can't bring in outside material because if you bring in outside material, uh, somebody could bring in union stuff in here. And we do not allow union stuff, therefore we don't allow outside material to come in. Uh, and, and, and now that's a good argument. And, and you know what? I've told you before, too. Uh, I would quit bringing tracks in if they were sincere. But the problem is is they weren't very sincere in that because they did allow other materials to come in. Bake sales, um, raffles, Uh, you know benefits whatever so if you could bring that in you could also bring in union materials so I just said we will and I did I just said we will I said we'll gladly do it I said we will respect that and quit at least not saying that we I wouldn't we wouldn't quit sharing our faith but we can quit bringing the tracks in if you make sure if you put this across the board to where none of these other people are able to bring stuff in Now, they didn't want to fight some of those women on that, though. I'll tell you that right now. And so because it wasn't about that, it was about them using that as an excuse to try to get us. And that's what you got to watch for. Employers uh, can be, uh, number one, sometimes they're just deceived and don't know any better. But sometimes they do, or they may know but they're wise enough not to come and say, oh, we can't have you sharing your faith in here. Uh, they'll say, well, you, you can't share that because we've got this principle about outside things coming in. Uh, I'll, I'll get to some of this stuff maybe in a moment. And, and uh, like, you know, screensavers and stuff. There's been people that's gotten in trouble because they have a Bible verse on their screensaver. Oh, well, you, you know, we, we just can't have that in here. Well, can somebody have a, a quote from Plato or The Office or... You know, a, a cat, you know, and a cowboy hat on their uh, screensaver? Well, yeah, yeah, that's fine, but we just can't have, well, but you can't just pick, in America, you cannot just pick out religious stuff and say, you can't have that religious stuff here. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, it can't be singled out. Uh, but so in the cases people have lost, either they've been belligerent, the guy that I was talking about uh, with the story. Let me get back to that. not only will i interrupt you if we're in a conversation i interrupt myself so i understand how you feel but uh one of the fellows i worked with uh he was getting the, the bosses were getting on him a good bit i mean he was being persecuted as a christian you know uh but here's the problem the dude was lazy the dude was lazy He's one of them people. You ever worked in a place where, you know, that, that where there's a dude, and, and some of you, may, you, this will be maybe far from your world, but maybe you can think of an equivalent, that there's a dude on a forklift and you just wonder if he can even walk because you've never seen the guy walk before. He just is always around on a forklift. You know, you're like, Get, you know, I mean, and, and, and he'll drive over and talk to you and drive over here and, you know, he just about tries to drive into the break room for lunch or something, you know, it's like, man, you, can you not walk? He was lazy. His job was not even a quarter of what he did was on a forklift. But he was always on that sucker because he did not want to get his big, big rear end off the forklift and move some stuff around and walk and work. And, and, but he was being persecuted as a Christian. No, you're not. You're lazy. And, and so the cases that get lost are people that try to claim some kind of sincerity when they're not really sincere. So sincerity is important. And by the way, the Bible tells us that we need to serve the Lord with all sincerity, right? So our service for the Lord needs to be with sincerity. But so so t- we're protected under Title Seven if we hold a sincere religious belief. Uh, and this is an important thing, too, if uh, he has in, in, informed the employer about the conflict. Impl- inform the employer about the conflict. I'll say more about that in a moment. And or he was discharged, disciplined, subjected to discriminatory treatment for failing to comply with the conflicting employment uh, requirement. Now I want to be very clear on another thing here. I am not trying to get you to just try to be threatening to sue people all the time and take people to court. All right, Uh, I'm not trying to get you to be one that that guy. Okay, but uh, at the same time. the the way that it can be approached, you know. For instance, I can remember uh, I can remember years ago. This is in the same vein of things. I'm outside of the workplace for a moment, but when I was in Pierre, uh, I went into um, a city council meeting and, uh, and 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 I requested that we if we could use uh, this uh, the, the the public park for um, for a tent revival that we were going to have. Uh, man, and it was like literally the best tent revival we've ever had. It was amazing. Uh, but uh, but nevertheless, I come in there and they're and they're just sincerely like um, I'm not sure we can do that because this this land it belongs to the city and because of the establishment clause uh, we don't know that if we can uh, have you, uh, allow you to set up there because and, and literally they were being sincere. That's the thing is a lot of people just don't know. Christians don't know. Employees don't know. People in in local government and other government sometimes they don't even. They just don't know, and uh, because they, they they hear the establishment clause that 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 the government shall not make a law concerning religion, as in, uh, you know, but what's that saying? It's just like when they escaped the Church of England and they made you conform to a certain religion. That's the establishment clause, and so. Uh, the city council, in order to violate the establishment clause, they would have to say that park is now established only for Baptists. Only Baptists can go there, and we are now a Baptist <laughs> city council, and therefore, if you are not that, that's what the establishment clause is about. And, but, but, I, but, I just, but I just graciously said, I said, well, ma'am, I said, uh, every year y'all have the Lewis and Clark Festival in that same park. And I said, vendors set up tents all over that park. And I said, if they're able to set up those tents on that park, you're not, you can't just infringe on us as a church and say, we're not allowed to set up a tent on that same property. Um, but I was just being respectful, just informative about it. Um, and she's just like, you know, I think she may have asked about getting some more information about that. I said, I'd be glad to. So what I did, I got in t- touch with the Christian Law Association, uh, David Gibbs, and, and I, I told him the situation. And they just sent a nice letter uh, citing the law, citing a few Supreme Court cases in there. And I just graciously come up and I said, oh, I said, so here is the, uh, the, the, the information that I got from my attorney. And so uh, just so you know that you can't. But I didn't go in there, well, I'll tell you what, I'm suing this town. I'm going to show all of you. You know, why do people want to be like that? I think people just want to be big shots sometimes. But you can honestly, they, they just didn't even know. So I was able to bring in legal information that allowed us to, uh, you know, to uh, have that service in the park. Praise God, man! We had a number of people saved and uh, so forth. But but it was all done in in a gracious and, and 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 I'm not saying there there I'm not saying there's a time that there's not a time that we that we may not need to become a little bit more confrontational. But don't just go around with that chip on your shoulder all the time, you know. Uh, When I was a kid, you know, some of you are, you know, around my age. I don't know if y'all did this kind of thing or not. It sounds really stupid. I don't get it. But people would put something on their shoulder and they'd literally say, knock it off. Ever do that? You ever see that? Idiotic stuff. Um, and, And they're just looking for something, you know, looking for a reason to fight. Don't be one of them Christians that's always, you know, trying to be a victim, always looking for a reason to, you know, be discriminated against. Oh, my goodness. Uh, man, maybe they just don't know. And uh, so uh, so I want to talk just a minute about, uh, well, yeah, let me talk a little bit about this and I'll try to open up for some questions here. Um, okay, so under Title Seven, remember, the one thing is sincerely held religious belief. The sincerity of religious belief is rarely an issue in Title Seven cases, although failure to act on a religious belief consistently may be considered evidence that the belief is not sincerely held. Uh, I'll say this, if you, we wouldn't have this issue around here, but I just want to use that as an example. If you cite in your workplace that it is, it is your sincere religious belief that you, are, that you are to be in church on Sunday morning, so you are therefore not to work, but if then they find that you routinely miss Sunday church, for other reasons well then all of a sudden that's not a very sincerely held belief you know? uh and, and then you could argue that well it's it's not that i can't do other things it's just that i cannot work on sunday that may be what you argue is your sincerely held belief and that could be a, that could potentially be upheld but i'm just saying there, there's ways to where they, they they look at some of these things the fact that the belief was only recently acquired does not render uh, it an in in. in sincere belief and that's important because you may just all of a sudden say you know what I've done this for years but I no longer believe that it's right well you've been working here 10 years never said anything about it well that's fine but but this is a newly uh, acquired sincere belief if you will Um, so an employee is only uh, an employee is not held to a standard of conduct which would have discounted his beliefs based on the slightest perceived flaw in the consistency of his religious practice. So if somebody's trying to nitpick you on the sincerity part of things, we're still talking about sincerity. Uh, religion under Title Seven is broadly defined as including all aspects of religious observance and practice as well as belief. Uh, The government defines religious practices as including moral or ethical beliefs as to what is right and wrong, which are sincerely held with strength of traditional religious views. The fact that no religious group espouses such belief or the fact that the religious group of which the individual professes to belong may not accept such belief will not determine whether the belief is a religious belief of the employee. I'll just put that... A little bit uh, simpler here. One of the things that it's being said there is this: You may have a sincere religious belief that is not held by this church. You can be a member of this church and still have a sincere religious belief, and they can't say, "Yeah, but you're a part of that church, and that church doesn't teach that as a requirement." Uh, and, and that's good for you to know as well, as far as sincerity. Um, let's see. In other words. Uh, it's the EEOC, but I'm just going to say the government because it's it's a it's a branch where they de- decided these things. The government test does not require that the employee's religious beliefs coincide with the tenets of his church. Title Seven protects more than the observance of Sabbath practices or specifically mandated by an employee's religion. Under Title Seventeen, or under Title Seven, I'm sorry. Uh, Religion under Title VII has been held to include, uh, and it goes through the different things it includes, it does not, in, including uh, basically atheism, but it doesn't include Ku Klux Klan and some of these things, but, uh, and it mentions this, and I thought it's pretty funny, it does not, uh, also, it does not protect somebody with the belief in the spiritual power of a certain cat food. That's just what it says. Um, which is just to say that there can be a, but I'm telling you, yeah, dog food's fine. Cat food, no. But, yeah, I mean, but you know the thing that gets me on that, as ridiculous as that sounds, can I just interject here, is it any more ridiculous than people choosing what they're going to identify as sexually? It's it's no more Ridiculous than that, uh, and 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 understand when I talk about an issue like this, when I talk about a broad issue like that, I am not talking about an. Ind- I'm not. I don't want to pick on an individual who is emotionally or mentally struggling with identity. I'm really not. Uh, what I'm saying is, I believe that person needs some help. I, I, I don't believe that. That kids at the youngest age possible, if they have some conflicts or some issues, I mean, it's been proven that it's not mentally healthy with some of these kids. And it's also been proven to where people are allow, allow their kids to get sex changes at like, you know, 12 years old and things of that nature. Uh, man, the suicide rates are awful. And, and the state of their, their, mental, their mental and emotional health are extremely, extremely poor. But what bothers me is that once people get an agenda going, that, stuff don't, that stuff's out the window. And it not it interesting also that, uh, that the, 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 these people with these agendas in the world that are, that are driving the, 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 the world system, it's interesting to me as well that they use science as long as science goes along with what they're saying. And they might be arguing science, science, science until the point that you prove that wait That's not science. Well, yeah, but it's compassion or something you know it's like, well, wait a second uh but uh but I mean and i know I know that's a sensitive topic in our culture today, but it but it literally reminds me of a thing i saw this is one of the, my things I often think about uh is there was this dude I mean, he was like toward middle age thirties uh just he, he was just a big white dude, basically uh but he identified as Filipino he was certain he he, he was he was an American-born white man without any Asian heritage at all that I'm aware of but he said I'm Filipino and he went to the extent to where I mean it was it's, it's a little humorous but it's also I mean he he wore a hat he act he would wear like traditional Filipino clothes I mean I don't know where he got the you know plus sizes for those but he did and he, he actually had a rickshaw. I'm not kidding. And I believe that man might need some help. All right? I really do. I believe that man may need some help. And, and in a sense, it's maybe an each to his own situation, but it's crazy when the government comes in and says, it's incompassionate to say that man's not a Filipino. It's, no, it's just common sense to say that man is not a Filipino. Ah. So, the cat food thing to me isn't that big of a stretch, I guess, when you think about some of the other things going on in the world. So, a, sincere, a sincerely held religious belief is protected under Title VII. Uh, not only that, but the employee informed the employer of his religious beliefs. Now, this is important. Uh, next, the employee must show that the employee, employer was aware of the belief, An employer has sufficient, and that the employer has sufficient notice of the employee's religious belief that he has enough information about the employee's Religious needs to permit the employer to understand the existence of a conflict between the employee's religious practices and the employer's job requirements. Uh, the best way to inform the employer is in writing a simple letter to the employer stating, I have, sin- I have a sincerely disbelief to or not to fill in the blank. Uh, I am requesting that you, my employer, accommodate this sincerely held religious belief by allowing me to, or not requiring me to, do fill in the blank. Uh, The employee should sign and date the letter and keep a copy. Notification in writing is not absolute necessary as long as the employer is aware of the the beliefs. And, And I know, man, I'm sorry, I told you this wouldn't be exciting, but I just hope it helps somebody down the road somewhere. Uh, because I want you to be able to share your faith on the job. And that kind of gets to uh, the, the next point in just a moment. But uh, w- when we're talking about, for instance, uh, you, let's just bring this to, to the topic that we're really trying to talk about, and that is witnessing. Somebody comes and says, hey, uh, you know, I we heard that you were talking to somebody wrong about the Lord, quoting some Bible verses to him. We really can't have you doing that uh most employers don 't mind that you do that that I, that i 've had actually um, now under this under this under title seventeen, the important thing is and, and this is you can do what you want to do, but I believe maybe this could fall under romans thirteen that if they don 't want me to do it while we 're working i 'm okay with that at the same time if i 'm just talking about Christ or just mention a Bible verse in the course of a—it's. I still think there's some protection there because while we're working, are people talking about anything else besides work? Are they talking about other issues that aren't related to work? So therefore, that's maybe a good reminder to say, hey, well, why is it that I... But but, but the part is, is that it can't be disruptive, and that's number three. But the thing may be, if you had a boss that may have a concern about that, just say, I hold a sincere... I hold a sincere religious and biblical belief that we, I am to share my faith with those to whom I come in contact with. Um, so I'm requesting that you as an employer, uh, you know, basically uh, accept the fact that at the very least, while I'm on my breaks, before work, after work, I'm going to talk to people about the Lord because this is a sincerely held religious belief of mine. And, and it is. It is hopefully it is and if that's the case then that's kind of how you would do it in that particular uh situation and then uh yeah i can't remember where i had this part in there but again the one big thing is that it's it's not supposed to be uh uh disruptive in the workplace so if I have a if I have a sincerely held religious belief, an employer does have a right to say, "Man, all that you're just starting trouble all the time. This is disruptive." Uh, then that then that would then hold uh, no sway uh, in that particular deal. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. Then we can open up. Uh, can I share the gospel with coworkers? Uh, that that's the question we're looking at. Uh, I'll just read this. Um, If if required by their religious beliefs, an employee's religiously motivated expressions of faith are protected by Title VII. For instance, in conversations with other employees, they refer to biblical passages on slothfulness and work ethics. Um, Employees can engage in religious speech as long as uh, there's no actual imposition on co-workers or disruption of work routine. Generally, no disruption on the work of the work routine will occur if an employee's witnessing takes place during breaks or other free time. I mentioned that already. If other employees are permitted to use... Uh, oh, yeah, here's another one. If an, I mentioned this earlier. If other employees are permitted to use electronic mail... Sorry, I'm just reading. ...and screensavers for speech that is not related to work, an employee who has sincerely held religious beliefs to communicate their faith with others should also be able to use these modes of communication... So can somebody at work put up a, a picture of a souped-up Ford pickup? I like that picture. Then I can put up John 3.16, legally. Uh, the employer comes and says, uh, well, that's not right. But it, you see the idea there. you They can't just pick and choose. So, And you can say, I have a sincerely held religious belief that I'm to display my faith, that I'm to be open about my faith. And you say, well, I don't have that sincere belief. But I'm just using that as an example. Um, All right. To ensure that religious speech is protected by Title VII, an employee should first, first of all, be able to honestly say that their religious beliefs require them to share the gospel whenever possible with willing co-workers during breaks or other free time. The employee must then inform the employer of this religious belief, preferably in writing. At that point, the employer must accept or attempt to accommodate this religious belief unless it will cause the employer undue hardship. And there's this one. I'm just looking at a couple of these, and I'll try to just say quickly. Uh, Another question is, can I keep my Bible or other religious items at my desk? And the answer is yes. As with witnessing to co-workers, an employee can bring his Bible to work and keep it at his desk if he's required to do so sincerely by by sincerely held religious beliefs. To ensure that this religious belief of having a Bible or other religious items at work is protected by Title VII, uh, they should honestly be able to say and put it in writing and all that stuff. Uh, Is my employer permitted to restrict what I say when I'm at work? And there again... If they can't do it across the board, they can't just pick and choose to do it with you. Oh, here's a good one. I, I was just trying to look at these. Oh, hey, I'll, I'll mention this one, too. I don't know how it goes. Uh, I don't know if you're, if, you're, if you're a union or not, but if you work for a place and you're part of the union and you, you find out that part of your union dues are going to uh, support... Planned Parenthood or one of their many other things that support that you know gives money to them, and you find that out and you say, hey uh, I don't want to pay that if there you, you can you can actually request under Title 7 that a percentage of my money that, that my percentage of money or the money that I give does not go to that, that the money I give will go to the other things that uh, where our union is associated with so that's one I'll just mention. Uh, And then this this I thought was a good one worth mentioning as well. Do I have to attend training if it violates my religious convictions? That's a good one, isn't it? What kind of training might you have to attend today that would violate your religious conviction, you might say? How about critical race theory? You know, how how about uh how how about some of these other things that we're dealing with now? Do you have to attend training that teaches you uh, you know, I mean, do you have to attend training so that you can learn how much of a racist you really are, whether you realize it or not? Uh, do you have to attend that training? That's a good question and there's there's other applications of this. Uh An employee cannot be required to attend training that will violate their sincerely held religious beliefs. And then it just follows that same thing again. Sincerely held religious belief. uh, I can uh, communicate to the employer, this is my sincerely held religious belief. I'm not causing a disruption by it, but I'm not going to take part in it. Uh, And, uh, you know, their their student and employer rights as well. Um, But I just... I wanted to try to empower you just with a couple things of encouragement, and now, when I was thinking about this, you can see my, my main drive is, uh, my main purpose of teaching this was about the witnessing, because that's what we've been talking about, witnessing to people, talking to people about the Lord, you know, sh- sharing your faith at work, bringing your Bible to work, put, putting up Bible verses or, you know, something of that nature, quotes by your pastor. Um, not, I've got some doozies, eh, Amen. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but no, it, it's things that you want to put up. Whatever, you know, because I know that maybe one of the questions would be that we're facing right now is like on the vaccine front. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, did, I what, since I was on, my, on the thought of witnessing. I'm not sure how this falls down on that. I, uh, I certainly, I know that there's people that are filing for religious exemptions. I've heard that there are certain employers that will not give religious exemptions uh, to receiving the vaccine. Uh, now, with my ex- expense you know, t- take this with all of my law training, okay, and my years in law school, but but honestly, I, I say that kind of in jest, but just as an American citizen, I just want to say, personally, I'm, I'm confident that that is all illegal and against the laws of our country, but it doesn't mean that those that are in authority right now that are interested necessarily in following the laws. Um, so I don't know if Title VII is the protection for that or if there's something else. Uh, I feel certain that uh, at least I'm hopeful that for the rule of law, and listen, this, this, is not a, this is not a pro-vaccine or an anti-vaccine statement. That's not what this is about. I'm, I'm just talking about principle right now. That you don't want to, uh, uh, you know, take this thing. Uh, I, w- I would be, I would be somewhat surprised if there's not some lawsuits. One, you, you remember what happened? You remember what was happening in California when they were making all the churches and they were finding the churches when they started having church again. Uh, Man, what, what was it that they just had to award uh, John MacArthur's church out there? Like $800,000 uh, the state of California had to give back to uh, and, and to give to uh, that, that church and I think some other churches. I, I, I would like to think that there's coming a time to where that people who have been forced to violate uh, their sincerely held religious belief are going to be... Uh, you know what's the what's the word vindicated for that? Uh, but in the meantime, I, I don't I don't have much of an answer for that today. I don't know where these required and mandated uh, vaccines. I can tell you some of it sure does creep me out though. I can tell you that it creeps me out that uh, who oh, and I was trying to think if it was a missionary we supported, but it's not. There's a missionary that I knew, a missionary to Costa Rica, uh, but he was on furlough. And york city and some of you know this kind of stuff man but this sounds creepy to me that uh he was in new york city and they went to eat at subway for some reason um you know maybe a first mistake there but uh he went to go eat at subway and uh and they asked him if they could see his vaccine card and if you don't get your vaccine card oh that's fine we'll still serve you but you got to sit outside that sound creepy to anybody uh, but that's the kind of stuff that's going on in uh, New York and other places. But again, I know I brought up the vaccine and work, but I brought it up to say that I, I don't have much to say about that. As a matter of fact, I don't have anything more to say about that as far as what I know about uh, the religious exemption and things like that. But I do know that there are folks within our church that are filing for religious exemptions uh, concerning that. But again, my, the main thing I'm talking about is being able to express your faith. So any... Any questions, comments, clarifications? Yes, Doria?